Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. If you came for football talk and rankings debates, then man, we're here to do it for you. Your host, Mendy here, and I'm in your ear. Joined by some controversial rankers, John Van Etten, Eric Mendelson, and Brad Kilgore. Brad, buddy, I need you out. I need the Brad Stradamus. I need you to come and you need to tell all these people that are questioning the major, the, the Brad Stradamus that I know. Can you go ahead and can you use this platform to talk to all these haters out there that are questioning your rankings? I mean, there's, there's not much to say. I've just never been wrong, and I, I hope to show them all that soon. All right, man, a few words. but let, let the record be shown. Brad had UMBC beating Virginia, and he also had Florida Gulf Coast beating Georgetown in his official March Madness bracket pool. Brad does hit on some really crazy stuff. Thank you, sir. I literally have never been wrong. It's a gift in the curse. <laughs> well... They're going to see this season. Again, we have everything documented. And in those documents, we're going to finish those out with our tight end rankings. Yes, Eric, no kickers or defenses this week. Oh. As always, there are going to be controversy. There's going to be differences in opinion, but each guy is going to get a chance to defend their rankings. After our rankings, we have our question of the week. Which player would you rather be tackled by, Aaron Donald or Joey Bosa? And then our game revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's get to our news and notes. News and notes. Nick Chubb sustained a concussion during his last week at practice, which he sustained a high hit from linebacker Mac Wilson. Brad, does this affect your rankings for Nick Chubb at all, or does this raise Kareem Hunt up in your rankings? You know, it's probably more of uh, raising Kareem Hunt up in my rankings. I think I had Nick Chubb at, I think, running back 13 this year. Uh, I can't imagine he'd miss much time, but um, the more time you give Kareem Hunt snaps and an opportunity to, to show what he can do, I think that that's going to hurt Nick Chubb in the long run. So I, I think it's it's probably better for, for Hunt. Agreed. Mike Rice of ESPN reports Patriots could rotate quarterbacks this season depending on situations and packages. John, do you think this could actually happen? No, because I also saw Stidham is hurt. So, no, I don't think that they'll rotate. So, you think this is all smoke and mirrors from the Patriots? I think he had an injury. I, I, can, I have to double check, but I'm 90% he sure he had, he had an injury and will be out for a significant time. He went to the hospital. But they still have another um, – they have a Brian Hoyer on the roster too. Well, David, if you're talking about Brian Hoyer, then please get off the podcast. Hey, Brian Hoyer is the only person to have a winning season for the Browns. That says something. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about Jared Stidham, man. There's, there's no comparing Cam Newton to either of those guys. 
The Ravens have cut safety Earl Thomas. This came just two days after the Pro Bowler punched safety Chuck Clark in practice after Thomas reportedly blew a coverage and Clark slammed his helmet in frustration. The Ravens wanted to move on from him so badly that they're going to eat most likely $15 million in salary cap hits over the next two years. Eric, did the Ravens do the right thing here to move on from him so quickly and eat all this dead money? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are thinking that the sole reason he was released was because of that, but he had something in the offseason with his wife where he had a gun held to his head. Um, They talked about him missing a lot of meetings and kind of being a bad locker room guy. And they said, you know, if Seattle and Baltimore, two highly regarded organizations, want to move on from you, you know, and and he doesn't have a hot market right now that, you know, there are some deep character issues that you have to worry about. Yeah, I think he had sex with his brother or something like that. Uh, His brother was with him. He didn't have sex with his brother. No, I'm (laughs) calling that he had sex with his brother because it's just so weird. Taking taking Eskimo brothers to a whole nother level. I will note the Cowboys freed up more than three million in cap space with the release of Gerald McCoy, and they restructured Tyron Smith's contract, uh, so they actually have enough money to sign him if they so choose. I know they're reporting that they're not interested or whatever it is, but I do think he'll ultimately end up there. But one thing I also read is that apparently these problems stem back to uh, his first season early last year when they played Cleveland. And Earl Thomas confronted nose tackle Brandon Williams after a loss in the locker room. And well, he was it laid it off. It lit a fire under him, right? They looked yeah. bad against Cleveland and looked great the rest of the year. And he was reportedly late to several meetings in his 17 months there. So just, it didn't sound like he really wanted to be a part of the team. I read an article on West Coast time. I read an article and they said Earl Thomas's time with the Ravens will be highlighted by him giving up on a Nick Chubb 88 yard touchdown run and then Derrick Henry stiff arming him. I did read that, too. Sad. They owe him a lot of money, too. Anyway, Ron Rivera has been diagnosed with squamous cell cancer. Rivera is set to continue coaching this season, as luckily it was caught in the early stages and seems very treatable. We're praying for the health of Coach Rivera. He can put this in his rearview mirror. Plexico Burris. Wait, real talk. Have, have the, has the Washington football team had the worst offseason for any organization in all, like all time? Like, the name change, the, Gar- the Darius Geis, the Washington Post report, then this coach who's supposed to bring like a new culture um, and everybody's hyped for then gets cancer. Like I can't think of a worse offseason in the history of sports. And then they got uh, Jack Del Rio as the substitute head coach, and he's got the hottest of hot takes for COVID. Sexual harassment charges too. Like He's got the hottest takes about just about everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a rough year. It's going to be a rough year, but they got the right culture. (laughs) Plaxico Burris has started an OnlyFans account in which one of the funny responses I saw, (laughs) bro, this ain't the only hole people go to OnlyFans to see. (laughs) Or did you guys see any funny comments on his Twitter post about his OnlyFans? I just think we should start a GoFundMe to get whatever the premier subscription level is for the Plaxico Burris as, as a podcast. We it'd, be irresponsible. it'd be irresponsible of us not to. Yeah, I'd pay to see that gunshot wound. <laughs> You're going to get the opportunity, man. <laughs> and then the NFL had a lot of false positives tests over the weekend. 11 teams were affected by the mistake and 77 individuals had positive tests 
that led to eventually negative tests. So uh, I want to go with the reach of you guys here. Brad, what do you think this huge mistake, do you think this is good that something like this happened early and that they can fix it? Or do you think this is a sign of bad things to come for the NFL season? My personal belief is that it's better safe than sorry. So even if there was, you know, a false positive and they were able to reconcile it, I, you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you have some, you know, real outbreak and real spread going throughout the, the team. So um, hopefully they can get it fixed and get better tests. But, you know, worst worst thing that happened was some people that are healthy stayed healthy. It's not really a big deal. John, what do you think? Uh, part of the conspiracy theorist to me is how many of those were actually false positives. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe there were some positive tests and the NFL is just sweeping it under the rug. Well, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm imagining Patrick Mahomes takes us to test Sunday morning. His game's at 1 o'clock and he's, it's 10.50. Takes a test and it's a positive. I, I would be shocked if they didn't say, oh, just go play that game. And then we'll announce that you have a positive test. So that way that he has a week to be able to try to to not miss that game. I can't imagine them having Patrick Mahomes sit like that morning. They find out he tests positive. I think it's going to be a mess, honestly. Eric, what do you think? So uh, call me crazy, but I actually think it's a good thing. Like we've seen how the different sports have handled the COVID situation. And I think with the NFL, you can't have double headers like baseball is doing when we've seen the Cardinals and Marlins, you know, be out of action for two weeks. So I think you want to run into every scenario possible and how you're going to do that. And the NFL being the reactive instead of proactive league they are, I think this was kind of a good kind of bell ringing of, hey, what what do we actually do if this happens in the regular season? Because you can't have a team cancel and then play back to back week back to back games or two games in a week. Like there goes your quote or there goes your calling of the safety of the players. So um you know hopefully this doesn't happen again during the regular season. Well said. With that being said, if you like what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss the show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball show and maybe around the corner a basketball show that you can also check out anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about and leave us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Triple Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, responses to rankings, gifts to tell you you're wrong, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Do you hear that sound in the distance? That's the bandwagon train leaving the station if you don't hop on now. Chug on forward, choo-choo, and help us help you win your league. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. Tight end rankings. The Triple Play Quad Pod have their top 15 tight end PPR rankings up. We're going to dissect them today, and we're going to look at who's taken at the top, differences in the top five, surprises in the top ten, and who to keep an eye on in the double-digit ranges. But let's start atop the rankings. And for the first time since we've done these rankings, no controversy at the top here. We have Travis Kelsey and George Kittle ranked one, two in all of our rankings. Um, I'm interested, Eric, you're the big Niners fan. I know you love George Kittle. How come you put Kelsey over Kittle? So uh, George Kittle is the people's tight end. I'm just going to put it out there. He was voted as the people's tight end, so he's the favorite tight end in America. But the 49ers differ their game plan week to week. 
I think they're a run-heavy team. There's going to be some games where George Kittle gets four targets, and there's going to be some games where he gets 13, and especially because he's a good blocker and they just paid him, they're going to utilize to do that too. So for their outside zone scheme, I think Travis Kelsey plays in more of a pass-happy uh, offense, a higher-scoring offense, and he has a rapport with Patrick Mahomes. You know, they've showed it via social media this offseason. So, I mean, Kelsey's been consistent doing it, so I don't think you can go wrong taking him number one tight end. Yeah, he's the only tight end in NFL history with four straight 1,000-yard seasons on a pass-first team, and he has 15 touchdowns in his two seasons with Patrick Mahomes. So we won't kind of dive into that anymore. I think everybody has those two at the top. Let's move to just the rest of the top five here. And, John, you're the highest on Darren Waller, shocker, at number three. I have him as number eight, so that's the biggest difference with him. Sell me on Darren Waller. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are are scared to get him for whatever reason. I mean, he was consistent. He got, you know, a baseline of over seven in all games last year. He went over 16 points five times. His only issue was not getting touchdowns. He only had three, but you expect that to tick up a little bit. I mean, if you just look at his stats, he had 90 catches, 1,100 yards. I mean, if I put that to you blank, you'd think that's a top-tier tight end. It's the Waller name that's scaring you off a little bit. Tyrell Williams did get hurt too. Yeah. So more targets yeah. for him. That's what he tore his labrum. So while he's going to try and play through it, I imagine they're either going to lean on some of the younger receivers like Brian Edwards um, and Nelson Aguilar, who's young, but he's also new to the team. So I think that sort of solidifies even more uh, the targets that Darren Waller is going to get because Carr is going to go to his trusted guy from last year, the guy he, you know, had 90 completions to. And at that point, Carr loves tight ends. He did it from, you know, setting up Jared Cook to get a, a good deal in uh, New Orleans to Waller last year to now it's going to be Waller this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes a little bit higher than three. So my problem with Darren Waller, John, you know as well as anybody that you guys overhauled your entire offense this offseason. You guys brought in Jason Witten, who – is not, not gonna, worried about Jason Witten at all. I, I would think he's going to at least be on the field for 25 to 40% of the snaps, I would think. That's an awful lot. <laughs> and Foster Moreau is there, so he's going to take some snaps J- Jason Witten's there just to mentor Waller and Foster Moreau. So you don't think that Witten is going to get any – what would be the percentage of snaps, snaps you think, Witten, just the top of your head, you, if you had to guess? I don't know, 15 to 20. <laughs> Okay, he, he's an old man, and he's going to be as, as robotic as he was in the booth. So, so then they all have like you guys. <laughs> you guys changed your whole offense. You have the the weapon known as Lynn Bowden Jr. You drafted Henry Ruggs as the first receiver in the draft. You guys have and, Brian Edwards, who has been the talk of camp. I read and that's that's where the touchdowns tick up because but, instead of being just Darren Waller, the only target in the red zone, and you know, they have to force it into somebody else. You have Henry Ruggs in the red zone. You have Brian Edwards, Lynn Bowden in the red zone. And all of a sudden, Darren Waller's free for a five-yard touchdown. That was the only downside to his season last year. He only had three. So I actually think he gets more with the other options opening it up. John, just out of curiosity, where do you think the Raiders offense is going to rank? Because I feel like you have all Raiders higher than we do. So I feel like you're They're going to be really good. Top, top, are they really going to be a top five offense? They're going to be, they're gonna be you know, eight, number eight. Mark it down. I'm going to write it down. I actually don't think that's crazy. No, I don't. They have a good offense. 
I, I don't agree, agree, but I don't think it's crazy. And I, people act like David Carr's a scrub, and he's not. He's just better than average. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm very concerned. I read that he was used as a decoy last year, which is why he had a decoy in the red zone last year, which is why his touchdown percentage was so low. But I've been reading that just they're trying to be a run-first team, and they have a lot more weapons this year than they did last year. So he's not, like, the only player in town. So I'm a little worried. Yes, like I definitely could see his touchdowns going up, but he had 90 catches last year. If that were to go down to 60 and his 1,100 yards goes down to 700, I mean, I'm just – I'm a little just, scared. Just cut about, everything in half while you're at it, David. Why do you even have him ranked <laughs> at that point? <laughs> well, I mean, he's still going to be a top – I have him in number eight. I still have him as a top eight tight end. I just – I can't take him. I think he's going in the average of the seventh round. I just can't take him that high. That's just me personally, but, I mean – he could, he could. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to have him at number three. Obviously, I just, I'm, I'm a little more down on him than you are. I think. Um, but looking also in the top five, Brad, you are the highest on Hunter Henry at number five. Is this because I just been noticing it's a trend? You have a lot of Charger love. You have Tyrod Taylor at number nine. You had Austin Eckler, I believe it was in the two. It was number two, number two, and then you also had Keenan Allen. I think number five, right? That's right. Uh, I so, think I had Keenan Allen three. Okay, Keenan Allen three. Yeah, so Amari Cooper was three. Let me see here. Amari Cooper. I think that, you have Keenan Allen. Yeah, I had uh, Austin Eckler two. Keenan uh, Allen was four. Yeah, Keenan Allen was Allen four. four. Okay. And so this fits right in. So why do you have That's Hunter Henry number five? So I'm higher on Hunter Henry than you guys, but not by much. I think Dave and Eric have him at seven. But uh, going with my theme for Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, I'm just kind of projecting a very high-powered Chargers offense, and Hunter Henry is going to be a beneficiary of that. Um, he played 13 games last year and got 76 targets for 650 yards and five touchdowns, and that was good enough for T9 and, and uh, PPR last year. So the Chargers ran a very downfield stretch offense with Phillip Rivers, and Tyrod will provide a more quick-hitting offense which likely means more plays and more targets and receptions for Hunter Henry this year. And uh, so from 2015 through 2017 with the Bills, Tyrod Taylor made Charles Clay a viable fantasy asset. He had 238 targets in 41 games as a primary target. So I think Hunter Henry is an upgrade from Charles Clay, so I expect he'll get more than those six targets a game that that Clay averaged. So, um, yeah, I think Henry's got a lot of upside, and I think he's way too low on draft boards. So my one question, Brad, Hunter Henry in games, he didn't score a touchdown, is averaging under seven PPR points a game. And so he's been seen as a touchdown dependent tight end. He's also never played 16 games in his career. Does any part of that scare your value for him? You know me, I don't, I don't project injuries. I, I assume everybody's going to play 16 games. But, he doesn't um, project injuries or poutiness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I just, I think that, in this offense, Tyrod Taylor loves going to the tight end, and I think he's going to be a huge beneficiary of that. Maybe he doesn't get in the end zone much, but if he's getting 10 targets a game, who cares? Like, he's going to get, you know, 50% of a touchdown value off of those, you know, six extra catches, so or three extra catches a game. So I'm really not worried about that. Okay, fair enough. Eric, you don't have anybody crazy in your top five, so we're going to get back to you later when we get more in there. But the one guy I'm going to highlight, I have Hayden Hurst, number five. Brad, you have him nine. John, you have him eight. And Eric, you have him. I'm sorry, you both have him eight. And John, you have, or uh, Brad, you have him nine. So I'm the highest on Hayden Hurst. 
I, I really love Hayden Hurst this year. He, I'll start with the fact that Atlanta didn't try to retain Austin Hooper anyway, even after the big year he had. And I think if they valued Hooper the player, they would have tried to match his contract. But I feel it's because they trust their system more than their talent. They just let him go and didn't try to keep him. Atlanta led the league last year in total pass attempts, and they were uh, in the top five in 2018. So I still think that they'll, they'll most likely still be a top-notch team as far as throwing the ball downfield. Matt Ryan had a 77% completion percentage to his tight ends last year. That didn't just include Hooper, but that included every single tight end that Ryan threw to. Shows, this also shows me that basically, again, anyone can succeed in the system because he's getting, they're getting the ball thrown to them at a high success rate. He had 97 targets in 13 games. That's insane for a tight end. 97 targets in 13 games. He was third on the team to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But he also had an insane 15 end zone targets that turned into nine catches and seven touchdowns. So Matt Ryan likes to look for his tight ends in the end zone, again, by the 15 end zone targets, seven touchdowns. Uh, Hayden Hurst has an insane athletic profile I think will fit this really well. And as I've highlighted before on previous shows, Dirk Cutter is the offensive coordinator who loves L-U-V-S, L-U-V-S, yeah, what am I saying, L-U-V-S, loves his tight ends <laughs> from Tony Gonzalez when he was with Atlanta, and then he was with the Bucks, and he incorporated Cameron Brait a lot, all those years that James Winston and Cameron Brait were a thing. And then last year, he came back to Atlanta. It was his first season back with Atlanta in Austin Hooper's career year. I don't think this is just a coincidence. I think, again, you take all those factors that I think just a lot of, if you're an athletic tight end, you will succeed in this system. And I just, I'm very, very high on, on Hayden Hurst. I've heard him getting bumped up draft boards tremendously. I won't reach for him crazily, but like, I, I do think he is going to be a top five tight end this year. What do you, uh, what do you make of the fact that the Ravens made Hurst the blocking tight end and Andrews the receiving tight end? So, what I read is that Hayden Hurst didn't have a great work ethic when he was with Baltimore. We actually had um, a guy that's a big Ravens fan that knows a lot of inside the locker room stuff come on. And he, he told us that, yeah, like Hayden Hurst wasn't a hard worker. He didn't like to block. And so Ravens, now you're selling me on it, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So the, he, the, he didn't like to block. And you know the Ravens are such a run-heavy team that they need people blocking out there. And Mark Andrews was a better blocker. And uh, I forgot their other type of uh, uh, Nick Boyle. Uh, they were using them more to block. And again, he, his work ethic isn't good, but everything I've read this off season, he was, he's pretty much, he's playing like he has a chip on his shoulder. They said, they're just talking about him saying that he's, uh, he's playing. He's the hardest one there. He's the one that's like first one there, last one to leave that he's pretty much using this as kind of like, all right, this is my last chance to succeed. I'm, I was a first round pick. I've already been traded. Um, like he, he's treating us totally different than his situation in Baltimore. And it helps that he doesn't have two or three other tight ends he's competing with. So I think he's, he's really like feeling like he can make an impact this year. So again, I, obviously it's just kind of uh, news talk. You, you have to see it, but um, I've seen Matt Ryan already come out and, and blow about him and if the guy's throwing him the ball is talking good about him that's always good in my eyes so um again top five for me way to tear him down to build him up david and i was gonna say you know we can't project poutiness so you know what Who are we to no, say he's true. not fired up this year <laughs> that's true uh, let's move to the rest of the top 10 and eric you're the highest on evan ingram by 
far. You have him at number six, and the rest of us have him 10, 11, 12. Why do you have him as high as six? Okay, so I'm going to preface this by I know that there are injury concerns because he's missed time in every season, but as we say, you can't really predict injuries. He's been out since December, and with the o- with no OTAs and preseason, I think that's going to help bode well. That's about an eight- to nine-month recovery time. Last year, he had five-plus targets in all eight games that he was in. He had 40 yards in seven out of the eight games that he played with, two games with 100-plus yards, which for tight ends is is a lot. Um, there was a stat, and I remember hearing this on the 06010 podcast a couple of years ago. Field Yates said, that Evan Ingram uh, got the most yards of separation for all the tight ends that qualified and just being an athletic freak. And last year, I think the Giants, I think it was the 26th ranked D. So if you assume that they got a little bit better adding James Bradbury and some of the other additions, figure they might be middle of the pack and they're playing from behind in some games, which, you know, the game flow would then benefit him. I saw Casey peek up when you made that take. <laughs> uh, you could be, be an Evan Ingram fan. Um, you guys can, Brad, John, you guys can, can echo the concerns. I'm assuming you guys have similar concerns as me because you guys have them ranked there. Do you guys feel that there's so many weapons on that team headlined by a running back that's arguably top one or two in the league that's going to probably get a lot of work that you feel that Evan Ingram, for how high he's ranked, that he's not worth the uh, the investment that it's going to cost in drafts and and that his targets might be affected with a full healthy roster of receivers? I, I guess that's the number one question with the Giants receiving core is health. Uh, but I also think like last year, for whatever reason, they didn't do anything in the red zone with Saquon. I think they're going to go the opposite way this year. So I think you worry about his red zone targets at that point. And I think, um, like you said, we have them pretty much 10, 11, 12. And I think to even have somebody near the top 10, you're acknowledging that that person's a very good player. I just think other people are in better situations, so that's kind of where I have him, where he is. Yeah, I like his talent better than you guys, and obviously situational. I mean, I, I think when you have all of those receivers, it's like, yeah, you couldn't double Evan Ingram like you would, you know, Kelsey or, or Kittle or Mark Andrews. I just think he gets a lot of looks, and he's an athletic freak. He, I think he could even be a wide receiver with the body he has, but – I think the biggest thing with him is, is he going to stay healthy or not? It's fair. Health is always a question in football, but you, like it's been said a lot on this pod, I guess you can't predict health. So you got to draft them like they're going to play a full season. Brad, saying in that division, Blake Jarwin, number seven. It's as high yeah. as anywhere I've seen him. Can Damn. you explain? I think it's absurd. He's so low everywhere. So, Zach may very well throw for 5,000 yards this year, and Blake Jarwin's going to play a role in that. I'm not sure why everybody has him so low on their boards. Jason Witten was a tight end 11 last year in PPR. Jason Witten in the year 2019. Like, that's absurd. He got 83 targets for 530 yards last year, and that's a role that Blake Jarwin gets to fill with virtually no competition this year. And Blake Jarwin had 41 targets last year for 365 yards while being the second-string tight end. So I think he has a legitimate path to get to 100 targets this year, and he's faster and more athletic than Witten. I think T7 might be too low for him. I think he has top five upside, but I have him at, at T7 right now. You might not have swayed me to top five, but maybe maybe you swayed me a little bit to move him up into my rankings at all. 
<laughs> yeah, he's outside Brad's, and Eric has him 15. I actually had him originally um, when I was still, like, making changes to my rankings. I actually had him at 11 originally. I dropped him to 14. But, Brad, you're right. I could – I mean, Dallas is expected to have a, a arguably a top-five offense this year. And, I mean – I mean, he could be a red zone target. Everybody's yep. focusing on the receivers. He could easily slip in the slot, and uh, it's like a kind of weird slip in the slot. But I mean, if I, if I told you he was going to get 100 targets this year, would you put him in your top five? I think you'd kind of have to. I'd definitely put him in the top seven like you have for sure. Probably top okay. five. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I definitely – Again, you're higher on him than than us, but I if he came out and was the number five ranked tight end, I wouldn't sit here shocked. Honestly, so it's a good, I think it's a good call. Um, another guy I want to talk about here is I have Tyler Higby number six. Eric, you have him all the way down at thirteen. Can you explain why you're so low on? What's he called? The Beast? Is he the Manimal? I, I I can't remember what his name is, but he's he's a monster regardless. All right, so Tyler Higby's first 58 career games hit 86 catches for 884 yards and five touchdowns. His last five games of last year, he had 43 catches, 522 yards, and two touchdowns. So I'm going to go with the slightly larger sample size. Uh, in his last five games, he had 100 yards four out of the last five games and 10-plus targets four out of the five games. I don't see that keeping up. I know they're, they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. Um, but Gerald Everett was also a thing at the beginning of the first half last year. Like, I owned him on a few teams. I know that he was talked about as a good streaming tight end. So I just want to see him do it a little bit longer. I think Cup and Woods are going to get looks ahead of him. I think there's going to be a running back by committee. So that Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown are all going to get some touches. I, didn't, I just think there's so many mouths to feed in that offense. And I think when you're playing fantasy for people like Kenyon Drake and Tyler Higby, you're going to look at how they ended the season and think that that momentum will carry over. So I'm just looking at that larger larger sample size of the 58 games as opposed to his last five. I'd make so, that, uh, that same exact argument for Evan Ingram. But Evan Ingram <laughs> didn't play the last five because he was hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you can't even point to him being hot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said, barring injury, I'll have him at six. Like, if he gets injured, obviously he'd be out the top fifteen, probably. So, Eric. So, one thing about uh, Tyler Higby stat stat of the day for you. Did you know that he actually read? Uh, excuse me. He led tight ends in red zone targets last year, all tight ends, and that's with his. Uh, if you want to call it like only five games of being real usage, it's still that's the whole season. Maybe and, maybe red zone targets, but not end zone targets. Well, red zone. I mean, there was in the twenty yard line. So, yeah, but I mean, are, if you're talking about his value with scoring, he was not top in end zone targets. But all right, so answer me that's this, actually, Eric. That's an interesting point, Eric makes. I think that's a that's a a fair distinction. It's not like he's running a bunch of twenty yard routes. Oh, that's fair. I mean, so but then answer me this. So you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Who's getting the third most targets on that team? Uh, maybe Gerald Everett, maybe a running back. Maybe it's finally Josh Reynolds' season. I don't think there's a clear-cut number three. I mean, they're, they're – I'll make a odd bet with you right now that he's the third most targeted player on that team this year. Okay. At least the third. Okay. If I'll, I'll do below three, and you can do top three. Fair enough. All right. Brandon Cooks had 42 uh, catches last year. 
I don't have the targets in front of me, but he had 42 catches last year. He's gone. So, I mean, those can be dispersed around pretty well. And he was already one of Goff's favorite targets when they get in close. So, well, let me ask you, do you think the Rams offense is as, as effective next year if you lose Todd Gurley and you lose Brandon Cooks and you're now going to sub it with a running back committee? I see this this offense taking a step back, which means less scoring opportunity. But I also see that with losing Brandon Cooks, that they're going to focus more on Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, which is going to leave more one-on-ones for Tyler Higby. Brandon Cooks was out like half, not not half the game. He missed two games. He missed two games. Two games with concussions, but was he a deep That's it? Yeah, he played 14 (laughs) games last year. Good Lord. Protect (laughs) that man's brain at all costs. (laughs) Let's move to another guy on our list here. And we're going to look kind of going now. Uh, John, we have him in all our top tens. You have Gronk number 15. And maybe I put Jarwin at 15 now. Now that oh, did you change it from that last look? <laughs> no, I didn't change into it. I didn't change it now. But maybe, but maybe I do that. I think everybody's really high on Gronk literally just because of his name, just because of what he did two years ago. You know, he spent all season doing absolutely anything but football. He was commentating. He was on Kitchen Nightmares eating burgers with Gordon Ramsay, and he was in WWE. Like, that. that's not, you know – putting him into football shape. And that's, so that's why I sort of go opposite. Most people, oh, you'll finally be healthy. I think he's out of football shape. He hasn't been hit in a year, and he's not going to be at game speed when he starts. And I think that's only leads him more likely to get hurt. And then you look at that team. There's a lot of targets floating around. I don't think O.J. Howard's much of a slouch either. Uh, I know Eric's a big O.J. Howard fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I am a lot of the – excitement about Gronk comes about excitement on Brady, which I'm also not excited about. Brady had his worst year since 2013 uh, quarterback rating wise, his lowest touchdown total since 2006. Those are like careers, you know, seven years, 13 years, 14 years. People come in and out of the league in that time. And this is his, he's doing the worst since then. You know, you can say he had no weapons, but if somebody had a season like Brady did last year, nobody would be as high on him going to a new team down in Tampa if his name wasn't Tom Brady and he's only getting older it's going to have to happen at some point and since 2016 he had a great season his QB rings going down every year it, it I think it's a runaway train on that I think Gronk is out of football shape he's not going to look good when the games start and maybe I maybe I put Jarwin up there instead so, so this is the only reason I have Gronk in my top 10 because I could totally see them not like when they're driving but as soon as they get in the red zone, I think he's going to be in all packages. I could see Brady literally targeting him on two thirds of end zone passes just because I they agree. have that connection. I so, he, he's going to be like, like that. We hate that middle tier of tight ends. You either draft one early or not. And like a, t- a touchdown could salvage a tight ends day. I can see Gronk having three catches for 22 yards and two of them being touchdowns. I, I think he's going to be running around like the tin man and by game two. <laughs> You guys are going to be, oh, shoot, he, he's looking real slow out there. I will take a shot right now on camera during the show if you guys can tell me who the 15th-ranked tight end was last year. Um, all right. Uh, Ian Thomas. Thomas. Don't you yeah, know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jack, Jack Doyle. I don't know. Brad, you cheated. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely cheated. 
I have them all up. Yeah, I cheated. Yeah. Uh, yeah Dak, oh, Brad, why do you have to cheat? I want to see David take a shot on camera. Anyway, uh, he was the 15th ranked tight end last year. These were his numbers. 43 catches for 448 yards and four touchdowns. So that's context for you guys. That's about what – that's the 15th ranked tight end last year. So can Gronk outperform 43 catches for 448 yards and four touchdowns? He might just get that. He'll be 15, David. And it's interesting because <laughs> you can actually put, like, numbers to it and then be like, can that player reach that plateau? It's kind of interesting. You could say that about any tight end in the top 20. I'd say they could probably get more than 400 yards because they probably could. Yes, sir. I mean, obviously, John, you could be right. Gronk could come out there and be stiff. He could be – he lost all that weight. He could be completely useless He could and be hurt, and he's the biggest bust tight end pick ever. Or, you know, he could be somewhat like his old self and be a top five tight end. You never know. He, he's the, probably the ultimate wild card, so at least as far as tight ends go this year. Um, let's look after 10. Eric, you're the only run who ranked Mike Gesicki. So can you talk about him? And then also, I know you love Irv Smith. Uh, you don't have him necessarily. I think Brad, you had him at 13. But yeah. Eric, I know it's always Irv Smith season for you. So can you talk about those two tight ends? Yeah, so Mike Kosicki had 11 end zone targets, which is tied for most in the NFL. Um, hasn't dropped a pass on 120 career targets. After week nine, which is when Tana, or Fitzpatrick kind of had the hold on QB for the rest of the season, he had five-plus targets in every game. He had six touchdowns in the final six weeks, which we talk about can salvage a tight end's day. Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson have both opted out, so I think the – the pass catchers beyond Devontae Parker and maybe Preston Williams, who's working his way back from a torn ACL. And last year he was third among tight end and tight ends in routes run. So I think he's going to have that volume. Um, and for Irv Smith, it's kind of a gut call. I, I'm treasurer of Irv Smith Jr. fan club. But everybody wants to talk about Justin Jefferson. But Irv Smith was their first round pick in 2019. Last year, Kyle Rudolph had 749 snaps and Irv Smith had 587, but Kyle Rudolph only outsnapped him by one 49 to 48. So I think in year two, Irv Smith is going to get more action. They say tight end is a position where the first year is kind of a learning curve. And then I think the Vikings are going to have a really bad defense. They've lost a lot of people. Um, I think they're going to have to throw more. And the word coming out of Vikings camp is Irv Smith looks like the number two option. Over or under two and a half tweets from Eric this year, Irv Smith Jr. season as ZN. <laughs> I'm going to say under because I'm taking, I'm, there's going to be more Chase Edmonds ones. <laughs> Chase Edmonds is my ride or die this year. Let's move to, uh, I, I like what you said about both. Brad, you have, um, I believe, no, I'm sorry, let's go John first. John, you have, uh, Will Disley at number 14. Yep, yep, I think yep. you, you were the only one who ranked Will Disley, who is fighting for snaps at tight end with Greg Olson. Why? Are I don't you think at- he's fighting for snaps. I think, you know, it, if he's healthy, he's, he's number one. I really, everybody seems to be worried about these aged uh, tight ends and uh, Witten and, and Greg Olson. But I mean, if, when Disley went healthy and, you guys have been projecting good health for Evan Ingram and others, so I don't want to sound like that's too crazy. Uh, in good health, he posts great numbers. And if the Seahawks want to pass more uh, like they want to, then he's going to be a large part of that. 
he he's played only 10 games, which is why everybody's down on him, but he had a touchdown in six of the 10 games. So for touchdown dependent position tight end, he's got your touchdowns and he's going to get more production with more passing from Russell Wilson. All right. So John is not scared of Greg Olson. No, Brad, you are not scared of TJ Hawkinson. You have him ranked the highest. He's kind of uh, talking about injuries, but he is, they've said he's, not 100% with his ankle. Do you feel that this is TJ Hawkinson season? Well, no. you messed it up. You could have said TJ Hawkins season. Oh. <laughs> I better leave. I, uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's TJ Hawkins season, but uh, I do think he has the potential to be T12. Um, kind of a similar position to Blake Jarwin in that he's just going to be in a high-powered offense. Like Matt Zafford's going to throw for – you know, 4,000, 4,500, 5,000 yards. Let's say Hawkinson is, what, 10% of that, 15%? Like, I, I think he has the potential to be a top 15 tight end, and especially with his athletic profile and kind of the rapport he had before he got hurt, I, I'm, I'm high on Hawkinson, assuming he stays healthy. All right, fair enough. Uh, the one guy I had that you guys didn't rank, Chris Herndon, he's the teasing tight end because he looks good and then he gets hurt. But I like Chris Herndon this year. As a rookie, he was the seventh among 41 qualified tight ends in PFF rating. His rookie season, he was uh, the third highest ranking since it's been tracked behind Hunter Henry in 2016 and Mark Andrews in 2018. Adam Gase, who let's admit he's a joke, but as far as him, his system (laughs) with tight ends, he's not a joke. (laughs) He was like, like, I'm losing my case when I talk about Adam Gase, but he was the coordinator in Denver when Julius Thomas broke out in 2013 and 2014, where he had a combined 152 targets in 28 games. Herndon did see 48 targets in the last 10 games of 2018. And then Ryan Griffin, remember him, the guy that scored a bunch of touchdowns in that stretch last year? Yeah, and then four- he got uh, arrested for paying in public. <laughs> he had, uh, before, before he peed in public, he had 28 targets over a five-game stretch last year. And so the bottom line, I think the Jets have a friendly schedule. They are due for positive touchdown regression because they are they have the most uh, they also have the most vacated targets and air yards from any team in the NFL last year to fill. So I think injuries aside, I think he's going to be a good bet this year. I think Darnold really likes throwing to the tight end, and he's athletic, he's healthy. I think he's someone who could sneak into that top ten. Um, and, and people are forgetting all about him with all these other guys being talked about. <clears throat> Dave, you got to let me uh, hate on Austin Hooper. Go ahead, Brad. (laughs) We did forget about good old Hoopy. Go ahead. All right. So I don't have Austin Hooper in my top 15. And the reason I don't have him in my top 15 is because uh, Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings last year when their lead tight end, Kyle Rudolph, only had 39 catches for 367 yards. They also ran a two-touchdown set. Yeah, whatever. They were also uh, <laughs> they also ran a two tight ends at fifty six percent of the time last year, and the Browns tees only had forty one catches for five hundred yards. So tight ends weren't a big part of their offense anyway. Um, and Joku wanted a trade when Hooper came aboard, but they eventually convinced him to stay. So I think uh, they probably appeased him with the amount of targets he'll get, which definitely hurts Hooper's value. I kind of feel like this is like drafting a running back high who's in a timeshare. Um, I think he's always going to go, or he's also going from a QB who threw for 4,500 yards to a QB who threw for 3,800 last year. So I, I want to stay away from Hooper, and I think his 
situation got a lot worse from a fantasy perspective. I'm glad he got paid, though, but I just I can't see him in the top 15. I think ESPN ranked him as the 18th tight end, which is it's, it's have you ever seen someone of Austin Hooper status and then the next year he's ranked 18? He was top five he, last year, but I, I don't disagree with you, Brad. I'm staying away from him completely. I'm glad. I'm glad he got paid because he deserved to after the season he just had. But he definitely went to a place where he's just not going to get the same amount of looks. He's on a team with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Eventually, be back there. You got Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got another athletic tight end in Joku. Eric, I see you on the Google Doc trying to uh, change a spot. <laughs> <laughs> I have him. I have him at eleven, so it's not like crazy or anything. Yeah, I mean our rankings. I had him at nine. Eric, you had him at uh, 10, and then, John, you had him at 6. Oh, so John was the Yeah, highest. John's trying to change his rankings out here. No, I, I think when you look at the production he had, production talks over just about anything else, and it's going to talk in Cleveland, even with Baker at quarterback. Aren't, aren't you a Donovan Jones people guy also? I, don't know I remember you bringing him up on another pod. Oh, the permission again. <laughs> in Cleveland? I don't think so. I, is I he Cleveland? I thought he played for Cleveland. I don't remember where he is. Got me Googling who this guy is. Oh, oh, he's the People's Jones. Yeah, John made that I joke. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, he's the People's Jones. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> wow. There you go. That's why we don't remember it. Oh, great way to end the, the rankings discussion. Let's move to our question of the week. question this week sponsored by manscaped yeah they let us live with another uh sponsorship week uh it's it's manscaped they have their third generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer that's three iterations we're talking revolutions improvements on improvements it only gets better Uh, you know they have the craziest technology it's waterproof it's a premium battery, lasts 90 minutes, which is much longer than you probably need, I think. I don't know. And then it also has a 7,000 RPM motor, which is quiet stroke technology. So by, like the name implies, it's 7,000 RPMs, but it's quiet. It, it won't wake the neighbors. And then <laughs> it has a charging stand, just plug and play USB. It's going to be that easy. If you're listening to me, then you got to try it. Trim that junk of yours. That's their slogan. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code triple play at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off. That's a fifth. And free shipping. That could be another fifth with the way shipping costs are in this COVID pandemic with the code triple play at manscaped.com. Y'all can't see, but David and I are wearing the shirts they gave us. And man, they're actually really comfy. I, I guess we both worked out in them today, so... If you're looking for comfy workout shirts, too, they got you. I was told there would be no math, so I'm a little disappointed that I had to think about math. <laughs> you but what, what math, David? They're one fifth. I hear fractions, and I'm, <laughs> I don't like fractions. It's a good thing you teach PE. I hope they don't ask you to sub in for math. <laughs> well, no, that would not be good. But let's our question this week. Who would you rather take a hit from? Aaron Donald? Or Joey Bosa? John, tough question. Um, Who are you going with? 
Joey Bosa because Aaron Donald was doing the like knife thing a couple years ago, and that's a little freaky. So <laughs> <laughs> I also he, he I also just think he's stronger. And like Joey Bosa, like if he tackled me, maybe I'd try and give him a little like an elbow or something to the to the stomach after. <laughs> Eric, who you rather get tackled by? Yeah, I'd go with Bosa. I mean, John already mentioned the training with knives. Joey Bosa also like gets injured a lot. So like maybe when he's running to tackle me, he pulls a hamstring and like I can get out of it. Aaron Donald's pretty durable, so you know, I'm I'm gonna go with uh brother of Nick. Brad? I think this is a trick question because my answer is I'd rather die. (laughs) (laughs) What what if you got tackled and you survived and you lived to tell it? Even worse. Well, I assume I'm wearing pads and, you know, maybe. You can still probably die from a hit from one of them. You think? Yeah. Especially me. I'm 5'5". I could easily die from a hit. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what, about you, Dave? What if Dave just jukes him and earns a contract? <laughs> David yeah, loves to say just he runs a four nine forty. Yeah, my four nine forty can outrun their four. Well, probably both is like four five forty. You know, you know what David would do? David would have somebody take a video and then he'd tweet Patrick Mahomes after, "Hey Patrick, I took this really bad hit. Will you notice me?" <laughs> I mean, whatever it takes to get him on the pod, but. uh I would surprisingly, I would rather get hit by Aaron Donald for the reason of that Bosa would probably come off the edge a lot faster with a lot more force. Aaron Donald's bigger, and he's he's obviously can is a better player. But I'm looking at the guy that's going to be coming as athletic and fast as Joey Bosa is. Um, I just feel like I would be a lot more scared of someone that's running faster at me like that than someone like Aaron Donald who does way more, but uh, isn't going to come at me as quickly. I guess it's kind of weird to say, but I, that is me personal. And both would strike like death in my heart, but I, I hope he choke slams you. you. You know, what would be interesting is if we actually like made this into like a physics formula, figuring out how much they weigh, how fast they are. Force is equals mass times acceleration. Yeah. And actually, you know, math. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually seeing which hit would hurt more. That's a sports science. A, they've already, uh, yeah, they've already, about to say they've that. already done that. I bet. <laughs> John Brankus is the pro, John Brankus is the man because he took those hits every time. We should get uh we should get John Brankus on the pod to answer all of our question of the days. Oh yeah. my god! Does yeah. he even have? Does he have social media? I'd be surprised. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, check I, his Google Scholar. Okay, be, that will be our biggest get if we can get John Brankus on the show. That man oh. has to have CTE or some concussions for all this. <laughs> How are you going to say that's our biggest get? Mike Clay, why are you dissing Mike Clay like that? I'm just kidding. I love you, Mike. Why are you dissing all of the professional athletes we had on? I don't Ronnie want to Brown, Kobe Ford. Look it's it up. Cold. Everybody's Mark tied for number one. <laughs> all right, let's move to a question. Or I'm sorry, let's move to our game of the week. Brad is hosting the game this week. Brad, what are we playing? Boys, we're getting ready to play The Price is Right. So this game is going to be for NFL player contract AAV. So one point for whoever gets the closest and three points if you get it right. (laughs) Are we keeping track of our own score? Yeah, keep track of your own score. Mm -hmm. All right. How many many players we got? Uh, Let's do 10. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Let's get this W. 
This is the per year value, right? Yep. Okay. So we just had our tight end episode, so we'll start with the tight end. So we are going to start with the AAV for Zach Ertz. Dave, you're up first. I want to say 14. A uh, year? He already locked it in. He already locked it in. <laughs> I'll go seven. Uh, I'm going to go 6.2. John is the winner. He actually has 8.5. So I get three points? One, one. You oh. get three if you get oh. it right on the nose. One if you if you oh, win. I think then um, because Kelsey and, and Kittle both got 15, so I thought he was like towards the higher end of the ones that had just gotten paid like semi recently. Kittle, yeah, Kittle's Hooper 15 just said and... it before that. Hooper said it before that at 10 and a half. Oh, well, Kittle, <laughs> Kittle's 15, Kelsey is 14.3, and then Hooper's 10.5. Okay. All right. Let's go with Gronk. John, you're his biggest hater. I'll go to you first. It's it's about five million more than he should be getting. Five million. <laughs> Aaron, I'm gonna go to six. Oh, he price writing me a bastard. <laughs> and I'm gonna go seven. Maybe you're a bastard. The winner is Dave. He's actually <laughs> getting he's getting nine this year. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. David, you really prices right in me. <laughs> All the times you did to me, baby. All right. Casey, root Let's... for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're going to go with that. We're going to go with Jared Cook next. Eric Boy, there's going to be all tight ends? <laughs> nah, just the first three. Jared Cook. Um, 7.8. I think he's making. I think he's making seven. I'm gonna try and get this one on the nose. Eight point two. Point for Dave. Seven point five. Ooh. Wait, I said seven point eight. You can't go over in the price. Is right. Price is right rules, man. Oh. <laughs> oh man, we haven't done that in the past. That's stupid. It's Brad. It's Brad's game. You cannot question his game. All right, now now I'm going to make sure I don't go over. Okay. I'm, I'm projecting poutiness from Eric. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. All right, we'll make, it, we'll make it a little easier now. We'll go with quarterbacks. I'll go with uh, the boy wonder. I'm going to go Pat Mahomes. For this coming season? Uh, the life of his full contract, AAV. Life of his full contract. Uh, yep. So this year plus the extension average. So this. Oh, so this David, year. David, what do you have taped ab- above your bedside table? If you don't know this, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm confused on the question. So it's it's. So you're talking about the life how of his full con- contract. How much his contract is worth divided by it's how many years his years. contract is worth. Oh, okay. I, got I know you, you didn't want to do math, but <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I'm gonna say it's uh, thirty nine. All right, John. Thirty-five. Thirty-four. Oh, the winner is start. Dave. 
Boom! He's actually he's getting forty-five mil on the AAV. I was gonna get forty, but it's... ten years for four hundred and fifty million. I'm gonna I'm gonna start going one cent like real prices right and see if I can get this thing. <laughs> David has three. I do not like that. No, you like strategy. All right, let's go. Uh, let's do let's do deck. Oh. Well, it's just the one year, isn't it? That's right. You can go first, John. 30. All right. Eric? Um, 31.5. I know it's more than 30. Eric, you're going to hate this. 31.4. Oh, no! <laughs> you were real close, real close. I hate the prices, right, man? What's the? <laughs> I, I hate these rules. Well, so that's my through. point, right? Yeah, that's yours, John. We're Word. Right now. What's the, what's the <laughs> I got two. I got three. I got zero because. All right. Let's go to running backs. Zeke. Um, the air sub. Uh, I'm gonna go fourteen three. I'm pretty sure he does make uh like around fourteen or fifteen. I'll say fourteen one. Fourteen four, baby. <laughs> that is a point four, John. He makes fifteen million. Oh, I was gonna I say was fifteen, thinking, and but I then I wanted to piss that. off Eric. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I was like, let me go a little bit under. Not yeah. realizing that these two butts would prices right me in the middle. I, I was sure it was fourteen or fifteen, but I, I all guess. right, John, I'm ruined for you. I'm out of this unless I get the last four. I was gonna no, I remember if you get it right. on the nose, it's three. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was gonna say fifteen, but I wanted to mess with Eric, so that's mm -hmm. why I only point one him. <laughs> okay, you're right. I'm not out of this yet. No, you're still in it. All right, this is number seven. Let's go with. Derek Henry. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going 17. 16 and a half. I'm going 14. I think he signed a four-year 52 mil extension. So that would put him at 13 a year. But I'm going to go a little bit more up. That's no points for any of you. For four years, 50 million. So 12 and a half. Mm. You were close, though, Eric. Yep. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or in my life. Let's go to wideouts for the last three. All right. Let's go with my boy, Amari Cooper. Cooper? <laughs> Who starts? I think you start, John. Oh, crap. I... I'll give you a hint. It's a round number. <laughs> For a second, I, I, I already had it. I think I fourteen, eighteen. Oh, Eric's super confident with that eighteen. I, oh. I, I'm pretty sure I think it's in that region. I'm good with contracts, even though I'm not. I've been hitting on this game. I'll say seventeen. That's a win for Eric. He makes twenty million AAV. Oh, wow, that's Ooh. way too much. Right, I just gotta get one on the nose. 
If I was worried you did for a second, you would have been tied with all of us. Yeah. Um, he's in it now. All right, we got two more. We'll stick with the wide receivers. Um, Tyreek Hill. Um, God, I remember contract. 18. I think he signed three-year four extension. I was going to do that. Stop the game. Eric wins. 18. Bam! Bam! Let's go. Well, look, there's still a question left. Well, yeah, but he, he has a lead more. now. Yeah, but yeah, we would. What's the point of us guessing? Exactly. Well, he's. Well, he's. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still have one more question left. He said, "Stop the game." All right, my bad. Stop the pause. The game, I should say. <laughs> um. All right. So, for the win, everybody's in it. Let me see. What will really throw you off here? Damn! I should have guessed fifteen instead of fourteen. Four. All the way back when. We are going with Robbie Anderson. Oh, God. I feel like it's... It's a round Eric. number. So Eric said three, year, three years 54 for Tyreek at 17. He's definitely not making anywhere near that. I'm going to say he's making... Um, it's 10. Right on the money. David, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's a three-year 30 mil contract, right, Brad? No, it's two for 20. Ah. Well, that means David wins. David, why'd you have to That's another win for you, Matt. Chalk it up. With Brad on the show, I think I've won two out of four. I think I've won half the games. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck charm. Eric, why'd you have to say it was a whole number? He did that for you, too. I knew Tyreek Hills, though. Okay. Let me get my 10. Let me get my – this is my FaceTime. This is my FaceTime. Don't worry, I'll cut it. Not your FaceTime. <laughs> I just want to give a shout-out to the beautiful people listening to the show. I want to give a shout-out to Eric, Squeeze, Casey, that's sitting in the room with him listening to the show. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to the awesome people that are on the show me, with man. me, Brad and John. And uh, I, I just – I don't – I'm just speechless. This win was unexpected, and I um, – I just I'll treasure every moment. No Thank you. He was winning that last round with us all tied. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't I didn't even get to guess the last. Time. I didn't even get to guess the last two. <laughs> yeah, why? Why couldn't we end the game after nine, like Brad said? <laughs> well, good game, especially because I won. That's the show for this week. We've got a special guest coming on next week, so we hope you guys stay tuned and listen to that. We're going to be moving from rankings to talking about stuff to still get ready for your drafts. So, again, stay tuned for those shows from, obviously, D-Mendy here. We got Johnny Foosball. We got The Doc. We got Bradster Damas. We will see you guys next week. 